Blog Talk Radio. It's that time again. Time for some real talk about real issues to enhance your real life. Whatever you think, whatever you know, whatever you feel, Tanya doesn't mind talking about it. Get ready for some talk that is always rated to R because talk with Tanya has got to be relevant. Talk with Tanya has got to be refreshing. But most importantly, talk with Tanya has got to be real. Tune in right now for real talk with Tanya White. talk with Tanya White. It's all about control tonight, but we're going to teach you how to control your spending and how to control those marriage money fights. Welcome once again. I am your host, Real uh, Tanya White, and this is the Real Talk with uh, Tanya White show. And if you're a new listener, we are excited that you are here. And we're talking about tonight, the holidays are just around the corner. Holiday shopping season is in gear, but the biggest shopping day occurs next week, which we call Black Friday. And many times we overspend money that we don't have for people who we are trying to impress but really don't like. And we get into, married couples get into huge heated arguments during this time of the year over money. So tonight we're talking about emotional spending. Uh, and marriage money fights. We have two dynamic guests on tonight, Miss Valerie Burton, life coach extraordinaire and motivational speaker. She is the author of many national best-selling books, but the notable ones that that a lot of men and women gravitate towards 
are number one, what's really holding you back, and rich minds, rich rewards. So we have Miss Valerie Burton on tonight. She is my former life coach. Uh, I know if you love the Tanya White, a real talk with Tanya White show, this show would not be in existence had I not had some powerful, impacting, uh, impactful coaching by Miss Valerie Burton. So she's on deck, and then also we have Miss Jewel Powell. She is the author of Marriage a One Hundred and One. And she has a complete line of marriage material for married couples to have healthy, whole marriages. We're going to talk to her tonight. She's going to give us some insights on how married couples can control those uh, fights about money. And also, we're going to ask her to give some wise tips for singles and engage people tonight. So we have a power-packed show. And so if this is your first time, you have just stopped in to the right place at the right time. If you have uh, problems with controlling your spending and if you have uh, too many fights with your spouse about money, we're going to talk to you tonight. If you're a first-time listener, I want to welcome you once again. And we want you to know that each show is uniquely designed with you in mind. Our mission here at Real Talk with Tanya White is to change your no I can't attitudes into yes I can actions because once you have those yes I can actions, you can experience those yes I did accomplishments. So we do this every single Thursday and we kick real talk about real issues to enhance your real life. Each show is rated R for being real relevant and refreshing and that's exactly what we have been doing all november long our theme is give it up turn it loose and at the beginning of the month we kicked up uh, our monthly theme give it up turn it loose by talking about those frenemies and enemies and we had three just phenomenal females on that night we had miss tip Tiffany Cooper, actress and motivational speaker extraordinaire. She taught us how we could be our own best friends. And we had urban Christian fiction authors Sharon Oliver and uh, Keisha Dawn, who is one of my favorite new authors right uh, right now. And they talked about uh, how to get delivered from your enemies and those friends who betray you. If you missed that show, go ahead and download that. That was November 5th. And last week, y'all, all shows we have on here are hot, but last week's show was hot, hot, hot as we talked about give it up, turn it loose, those addictive relationships. We talked about being addicted to love, y'all, and we had two just magnificent men on last week. We had Mr. Dadon Talbert, one of the realest relationship experts that I know right now, besides me, of course, but he just kicked real talk about what women need to do to not get caught up, addicted to unhealthy type of love. And Mr. Ed Houston, the author of Single and Living Free, was on, and he was simply magnificent. He gave some powerful tips about what men need to do because men are addicted to love, you you guys also. So he gave some powerful tips for the men. That was a hot show about relationships. So if you missed that, that is a must hear for anybody who is addicted to unhealthy love. And tonight we're talking about emotional spending and a marriage money fights. And again, we have Miss Valerie Burton on deck and Miss Jewel Powell set to give us some powerful tips to help us enhance our life 
and encourage us to do what? Give it up, turn it loose. And tonight, y'all, we're excited. We always love having co-hosts on Real Talk with Tanya White. And so I asked Ms. Cheryl and Vaughn, host of Unveiling the Mask, to join me in sharing the responsibilities tonight. So welcome, Ms. Cheryl, and how are you? Hey, Tanya, how are you? I'm excellent. I am fantastic today. The holidays are, are quickly approaching us, and so I'm excited to have those few days off and get some good food. So I'm excited tonight. How yeah. are you, Miss Sherilyn, uh, in St. Louis? I am, although we've been having experiencing liquid sunshine for the past three days here. But I am at a whole nother plateau. I've um, been on a detox. I've changed my way of eating, and, you know, I'm more energetic now. I'm getting out, running, and walking. So I am feeling fantabulous, as you normally say. <laughs> well, that is good, getting that detox. I know I'm going to start my cleansing as, you know, the new year comes to an end. I want to kick it off right uh, with the health because I'm determined to win this uh, battle with weight myself and just have health. Oh, it is. You know, the things that I, I've shared, uh, 6.5 pounds in one wow. week. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm still waiting on my clapping effects. I'm, everybody keeps promising. I wish I had some clapping effects, but I'm just more energetic, and you know, skin is looking more vibrant. And I was in a, in a restaurant the other day, and a, a gentleman said, "Sister, do you know that you're glowing?" Wow! Wow! <laughs> but I've been feeling fantastic, setting myself up a little early. You know, getting that head start to win in 2010. I know that's right. I'm, I'm, listen, Shirley. I'm with you. I'm going to determine to win this battle with weight and just go on a healthy living. Because uh, you know, I'm already, I'm already doing so many great things. I want to continue to do those great things by having a healthy lifestyle and having that energy that you said and. Just, just so much more we can do if we're healthy on the inside and doing those, um, you know, eating healthy and exercising and doing what we need to do. Now, Sherlyn, tonight we're talking about emotional spending, marriage money fights. Listen, got tons of emails that I need to listen to this. Tis the season to get upset <laughs> about <laughs> what we spend, especially for married couples. So what are you expecting tonight? What, what's you have any like pertinent questions you want to ask, Valerie or Jewel? Of course, uh, you know me and you first connected with Miss Valerie Burton, so I am forever grateful to her for our connection. But I am, you know, emotional spending is something that I know all too well, me too. and it, it's a <laughs> daily battle, and it's a daily thing that I not just want to overcome, but I want to be able to turn that into thriving. So I, I'm all ears, I have a pen in hand, and I'm just ready to really, really um, take some tips because emotional spending, um, just like emotional eating, it deals with a lot more than just spending money or not being yeah. able to pay your bills. So, you know, it deals with some childhood issues as well. So I'm just excited and, you know, waited with bated breath to hear what the guests have to say. Yes, and you, you're so right. It's more than spending. I knew, I know I used to just, I'm better at it now, but 
like you said, it's, it stems from something that you have to reconcile. Uh, some healing has to come. So I'm excited about tonight's show. Sherlyn, give us your contact information. Briefly tell us what you have coming up, and then we, we're going to get set for Ms. Valerie Burton and dig in. Yes, you can contact me via my website at www.unveilingthemask, and that's mask.com. I'm also on Facebook. My little community on Facebook is quickly growing. So you can reach me at facebook.com at Sherlyn Vaughn, that's V-O-N-N, as well as you can call my office at 323-580-4604. I was just sitting here. I was like, oh, it's time for me to put this pen down because I'm so engrossed in my second book, which is titled Unveiling the Math, and the more I feel like I've ended a chapter, something else comes to me. So I, um, my new book will be coming out the first part of 2010, as well as a collaboration that I did with uh, Merlin Griffith and Bunny the Barge called Sister Face. I believe that wow. is released in March of 2010 as well. You, you said Bunny the Barge and Merlin Griffith. Shirley, yeah. you've been holding out. We're going to talk about that. That's big. Listen, yeah. y'all need to visit Sherlyn at uh, unveilingthemask.com, and you have a wonderful show on Sunday nights at um, 7 Central Time, am I correct? Yes, it airs every Sunday. Um, however, because I, I have a new format and I've been given a new vision for it, and most of what you will hear now are just uh, the best of unveiling the mask. Uh-huh. Uh, but we, I did do quite a few shows. The first part of November, I had y- yours and my favorite guy, Layman Hicks, on last week. Um, I also had um, uh, Carla Rain and Stephanie L. Jones. So quite a lot of people have come on the first part of this month. So you can listen to the archives and stay tuned because January we kick off a new season. All right, January. Listen, Real Talk is going higher, too, Sherlyn. Um, Listen, I want you to visit TanyaWhite.com. You visit it, UnveilingTheMask.com. We have some Black Friday Super Saving Sale. Y'all, we have stuff for $2. You don't have to emotional spend. You can spend healthy and on a budget when you visit TanyaWhite.com. Listen, I'm, I'm taking out the excuses for you not to have healthy whole relationships. Visit TanyaWhite.com. And while you're over there, Sign up for Tanya's Tips. It is weekly now, but in January, we're going to buy monthly. Uh, but today's issue was entitled, Five Very Unusual Things You Should Be Thankful For. That was a great issue. Got so many responses on that. And uh, listen, just listen to some archives. Show. We won't be on next Thursday, but y'all, Monday. Sherilyn, when I tell you all the time, people ask me all the time, how do you get people on your show? I just simply ask. And you said Facebook is growing? Listen, y'all, Monday we have a very special show with Oprah Winfrey's first karaoke challenge winner, Abraham McDonald. We just confirmed that today. Oh, I love him. Oh, my God, he is my secret crush. I was rooting for him. I think I may have voted more times I was supposed to just for Abraham. Listen. Uh, That brother took me to church the first time I saw him. Listen, I said, why not? You might as well ask. And Facebook is where we, uh, you know, Facebook is growing. I encourage everybody to get on Facebook uh, because that's where I get most of my uh, guest contacts from. 
and just so professional. Emailed him early this week that got right back with me, so he is set to be on deck on Real Talk Monday for a special Thanksgiving show. It's all about A.B., Abraham McDonald, and of course, y'all, I've asked him to sing live, so... Listen, we're doing big things here at Real Talk, so if you want to become a sponsor, visit TanyaWhite.com or email us at RealTalk at Tanya White. But, Sherlyn, we're set to talk about this emotional spending with Miss Valerie Burton. I love Valerie Burton. You will not have Tanya White as you know her today had it not been for Valerie Burton. So I tell her all the time, I'm forever grateful for her. So we're going to bring her on. This is her second time on the show, and she's going to enlighten us on how we can control, like Ms. Jenna Jackson says, our emotional spending. So welcome to Real Talk once again, Miss Valerie Burton. Hello, Valerie. Hey, Tanya. How are you? I am excited. Can't you tell? I'm trying to get <laughs> No, I can't tell at all. <laughs> oh, You're okay. so calm. Oh. Hi, Sherilyn. <laughs> Hi, Valerie. How are you? All right. I love when we have these shows. It's like a reunion. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what? You know what's so just completely a coincidence is that I just uh, did a blog post about emotional spending on my blog on Essence.com. I mean, like, just did it. I, wow. Anyway, I know we're going to be talking about that, but well, listen, because tis the season to spend emotionally, Valerie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I had to get, get control of that because I used to try, stress myself out trying to buy gifts for everybody that I loved, and I really had to get a grip on that. But before we dig in, get Valerie, I want you to tell our audience who you are and what your passion is, and then we're going to get started. Okay. Well, I am Valerie Burton. I'm a personal and executive coach and an author. I've written five books. Um one of them is What's Really Holding You Back. I talk a little bit about money in that one, um, although it's not all about money. It's really about overcoming uh, your fears and getting unstuck. Um, and my passion is helping people to thrive in life and work, and I've been doing that a little over 10 years now. Wow. And you have helped me so much. And, y'all, if you need a coach, I'm sorry, i got my country twang on. Let me. Get, but you need to hook up with Valerie Burton. Get her books. You have CDs, DVDs that have blessed millions. And so we're just honored to have you back once again, Miss Valerie. Well, thanks for the invitation. Listen, Miss mm-hmm. Valerie, let's go to these questions. Get this emotional spending under control because uh, we're not living in an economy where we can afford to do that anymore. So what is emotional spending for some who may not have a clear definition, in your terms, what do you, how do you define emotional spending? Well, when people are unhealthy and, and um, dealing dysfunctionally with, with challenges or issues, a lot of times it's internal stuff, um, self-esteem and, um, and issues like that. A lot of times they find a way to deal with it, and some people are emotional eaters, some mm-hmm. people are emotional spenders, some people go to drinking, some people gamble, people do all kinds of things in order to fill a void, and it never works. Um, But with emotional spending, it doesn't show up the same way that it might show up if you were overeating, for example. So Mm -hmm. you can just end up looking like you're oh so successful (laughs) Mm -hmm. because you've got all this stuff. You've got the designer labels or the big house or the car, and people don't realize how much debt you're actually in. So a lot of emotional spenders spend when they are 
upset about something. They may spend out of loneliness. They may spend when they are feeling sad or depressed. Um, and it's because they get a bit of a high when they plunk down that credit card. Most of the time uh, when people are emotional spending, at some point they're, they're digging a hole um, of debt. They're not usually shelling out cash unless they just happen to have lots of money. But no matter how much money you have, if you're an emotional spender, it's never going to be enough. It's never. And you, you said it's never going to be enough, and you get to the root of it, it's always some emotional thing that is out of whack. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you you know, I think just like with any challenge that we overcome, it takes courage to face the truth mm. about what it is that you're dealing with. And until you face that truth, you're not going to be set free. That's not what I said. Mm. <laughs> you can find that right in the book of John. That's so I think right. It's really important to be honest with yourself um, when you're spending uh, beyond your means and you feel like it's not something you can control. A lot of times it's kind of an impulse or it's a self-medication type of thing where you feel like you are, um, you're soothing yourself, you're calming yourself, um, you're dealing with your emotions by spending. Yes. And I was an emotional purse addict. Coach has thousands of never our, heard thousands <laughs> of my <laughs> emotional <laughs> habits. Yes, right up the the sixty five Eatonburg outlet, the Coach outlet. Um, and <laughs> you, you're right. I I just pick up in my car and go up there when I was upset. I wanted mm-hmm. to, like you said, feel good, to feel a boy. And you're right. It never ever worked because it didn't last. Yeah. <laughs> so. I'm sorry that Coach has thousands upon thousands of my dollars before I realized that. <laughs> and I could just, well, I had just taken that money to go get some good therapy. But at least I have my coach purses because they are, <laughs> I still have a coach from when I was 15 years old. And I still well, you've been at it a long time. Oh, I, I know it. <laughs> it it's just, and, and you said that, but do you think it's an inherited trait? Because my mom was like that. <laughs> And all of my aunts like that. I'm serious now. I've never been asked that question, although I will say that I I think that we pick up a lot of our financial habits from our family of origin, you know, where where we grew up and what we observed when we grew up. And that includes, you know, if you have a family that um, never talked about money, that was a taboo topic, then when you find yourself in trouble with money or struggling or having challenges, you feel like, oh, no, this isn't something I should talk about. Or if you grew up in a family where, you know, there were always bill collectors and there was always a lot of anger and anxiety around money, you're going to have some anger and anxiety. You might have some shame around money. So it it definitely does matter what you saw at home. You can if you saw bad things, bad habits at home financially, you can you can overcome them, but you're mm-hmm. going to have to be very intentional about that. Um you know, something that parents really can do for their kids is one to model really good financial habits, but to also train their children on how to handle their money so that they don't, you know, go into adulthood, get to college, and immediately they've got those credit cards, and they don't know anything about spending and saving and um, how to be good stewards over their money. Right. Awesome. If you just join Real Talk with Tony, you want to be talking to Valerie Burton about emotional spending. Sherlyn, go ahead and ask Valerie a question. Valerie, I want to know um, if you can identify, are there certain uh, root causes or triggers 
of emotional spending? Well, I think it really depends on the person, but certainly relationship troubles um, can can spark somebody going off to the mall or making big purchases. Um, feeling lonely is one of the things that can um, that can trigger. Um, anything that causes you to, to sense adversity, it, it, again, it really is a coping mechanism if you really are spending emotionally. So you have to say, what is it that triggers my adversity? What triggers challenge for me? What triggers insecurity for mm-hmm. me? That's a biggie because a lot of times when people are spending emotionally, especially if it's, um, you know, they're, they're spending way beyond their means and trying to impress others, insecurity is, is definitely a trigger for them. Wow, that and that's a huge emotion to, like you said, uh, build up that courage to face the truth about. You have to say, okay, I'm insecure. Now what am I insecure about? Yeah. And that's yeah. really hard to do. It's hard to do, but it's possible. And mm-hmm. I do not believe you have to know the root cause in order to change. What you need to know mm-hmm. is it's not working for you. Okay. Now, somewhere along the way, you might discover the root cause, mm-hmm. but don't stay stuck saying, oh, I've got to figure out what my trigger is um, in order for me to make some changes. If you know it's easy for you to plot down that credit card um, and you tend to spend um, emotionally when you're by yourself, then don't go shopping by yourself and leave your credit cards at home. Don't put them in your wallet. That way, when you when you feel the inclination to impulse buy, you have to go back home, find the credit card, and by then, hopefully, you've had time to think about it and and just, you've distracted yourself enough that you're not going to actually go back to the store and buy. So there are some things you can put in place that right. will make it harder for you to spend. Right. Now, what do you say to uh, the – my mom was like this. She was a big home shopping network, <laughs> emotional spender. <laughs> and so uh, – so would you advise somebody who has, you know, spends emotionally uh, over when they see things on TV to do something different besides watch TV, or what would you, what, what would your advice be? If you really can't control it, mm-hmm. then call the cable company <laughs> and remove that channel from your network, from your cable, period. Right, period. I mean, if you're serious about change, then you're going to make it very difficult to be able to continue in the behavior that's sabotaging you. Wow. If you're serious about change, you're going to make it difficult for you yeah. to continue. That is so profound, Ms. Valleyburg. Yes, yeah, because the that. TV is too easy. I mean, yes, like, it is. <laughs> grab the remote. You know, everybody else could be asleep in the house, and you're sneaking into the living room. Ooh, look at that bracelet. You know, you, you have to mm-hmm. really um, – you have to be serious about change. And if you feel like, look, I, I don't trust myself, then make it very difficult. Make it very difficult. Yeah, they're probably not going to knock on your door, Tanya, saying, can I watch your TV for a minute? I know. I go there. I go. Listen, I'm writing that down. I'm going to put that on my wall. Make it very difficult uh, for yourself. Ms. Schroen? Oh, it's my turn. I'm sorry, Ms. Valerie. (laughs) Three misconceptions about spending. You know, as African-American women especially, uh, we, we tend to sometimes Spend for our greeds and then try to figure out how we're going to pay for our, our, our needs. So what are some more misconceptions that people, uh, men and women, have about spending that makes us, you know, continue on this emotional roller coaster of spending? 
So when you say misconceptions, tell me a little more about what you mean. Misconceptions, uh, one one misconception is that, you know, I can uh, buy now and pay later. Oh, yeah. And I'm not, you know, um, just about money, period, that we yeah. have. Yeah, you have to educate yourself mm-hmm. about money. And if that means picking up a book, picking up, you know, a black enterprise or a money magazine and starting that process, then you need to do that. If you know of people who seem to be very good with their money, talk to them about what they do. You might be surprised that your habits are so far out of whack compared to somebody Mm -hmm. who's doing really well. Sometimes that really makes it real for you. So I think that educating yourself financially is really, really key. You know, when I was very, very young, like when I was in college, I remember I had a mindset that whatever my credit limit was on my credit card was the amount of money that I had. I thought of my credit card as money. Your credit card is not money, it's debt. And if you have debt, you're in a hole, you're in the red. But it took me beginning to read and to be open to learning, and it really opened my eyes to understand that the way I was looking at money was wrong. Mm-hmm. And so when I began to realize, look, if I've got this debt, I'm – I don't have anything. Like, I don't have any money to go buy that dress or those shoes or that purse because I still owe MasterCard. Mm-hmm. Mm. So oh, I that's, looked that's at That's a it. dirty word. That's a card. <laughs> it's only a dirty word. You can't pay it off every month. Yeah. You know, which to me seemed so uh, far-fetched at right. the time, the idea that I could actually pay it off every month. Right. So, you know, I think it's important not to beat yourself up but to learn what you haven't learned yet and to be willing to make some changes. And step-by-step, step, when you have to dig your way out of debt instead mm-hmm. of, you know, somebody giving you a lump sum or, you know, paying it off for you, when you have to dig your way out, you are probably not going to dig your, your way back into that debt mm-hmm. because it's going to take some real discipline for you to do it. But you gain confidence because you realize, you know what, step-by-step, step, I can yeah. do this. Now, that leads me to another question. You just said something, your way out. Because a lot of us, when people spend emotionally uh, for their wants and then they need, uh, they actually need something, uh, that rescue net. So what what would you say to the people who are always rescuing people out of their financial hole? What would you say to those, that group of people? When You're comes- enabling them. Mm-hmm. It's like a, any other addiction. Right? Yeah, so stop it. Stop it. Valerie Burton, stop it. Stop it right now. Um, You know, I'm not talking about, you know, somebody has some very serious emergency and you can come in and help. But if if it's an emergency every month or every other month, people aren't paying you back, and this is just about their habits, you Mm -hmm. are enabling them by not requiring them to be responsible. Mm. And you would be surprised at what people are capable of if they have to be responsible. Wow. But for a lot of people, if they realize, oh, I can just, I can just go call Daddy or I can just go call my sister, if that's what they know, then they're not going to step up to their own potential. They are not going to step up and be responsible. But you'll be surprised at how resourceful people can be when they realize they've got to make it on their own. Wow. That's a mouthful, Valley Burton. Great information. Go ahead, Sherlyn. I've got I got my my next question ready. Go ahead, Sherlyn. <laughs> I was just sitting here listening because something that Valerie said she had to educate herself right. on um, money, basically. And 
you know, I understand that concept now, but I don't think that uh, many of our listeners or many of us consider money as uh, a learning tool. Um, uh, I, like I said, I've been changing my lifestyle, so I know now it made me sit back and reflect, like Valerie said in college, that I was spending money that I didn't have because I was on the electric and on cable and on MasterCard. I was spending money I didn't have on things after they deteriorated. I really didn't even want them to impress people I don't like. And I think that's the concept that many of us have. We don't spend necessarily because we want to, but we want to look like the Joneses, so to speak. Yeah, and that's so about that, security. Go ahead. That's what I was going to ask you to expound on just a little bit because I think a lot of times, you know, that emotion comes from when the light bill comes in and we like, man, I can't take them shoes back. I won't. <laughs> They're fucked <laughs> up. <laughs> you know, I am of the opinion, and I, I feel really strongly about this, that our educational system should include personal finance mm-hmm. as a subject. And I think it's yeah. really a shame that you can get all not just through high school but all the way through college and grad school never having had to learn how to manage finances. I will never forget um, some roommates of mine uh, when I was in college and we were sitting around and I had just gotten um, – one of my roommates had a credit card for a, a department store. And she said, oh, you should get that credit card. And the third roommate was like, that interest rate is 22.8%. Are you crazy? And I looked at her and I said, what's an interest rate? Mm -hmm. Because I had no idea what Mm 22.8% meant and how ridiculous that was. So knowing that we don't get educated in that area, I think that we have to educate ourselves and so, again, that just means you asking questions. I mean, for goodness sakes, if you don't want to read a book, just Google. You know, just, right. you know go, go out to, go out to the, the various websites that are out there and learn what you need to learn. You know, know what your FICO score is. Go out and get your credit report. You know, if, if you're really trying to dig out of debt, call your credit card company and ask them if they will reduce your interest rate. Just like you just said, Tanya, how do you get your guests? You ask. <laughs> you know, and when you start to educate yourself financially, you realize, number one, that the culture we live in is so materialistic and so unrealistic about finances. So, you know, most people don't have three months of living expenses saved, let alone a year. But you look at where we are, we're in a recession, and a lot of people have had to go six or 12 months or more without having a job. And it is a really difficult lesson to learn. But you know what? If if you were living below your means and you had some money stashed away, then it's not nearly as stressful as if you're living paycheck to paycheck. So I think it's really important for us to take responsibility and educate ourselves. When it comes to the insecurities, and I think that, you know, this is something that a lot of people face, not just women, not just men, not just African Americans, but I will say that that in many instances African Americans um, sometimes feel more pressure to to appear a certain way, yes. sometimes out of fear that I'm going to be judged. You know, people are going to assume that, you know, I don't measure up, so therefore I've got to make sure I show up in this certain car or I can prove that I can be in this certain neighborhood. And, you you know, you'll see that every time you go into certain neighborhoods where, you know, nobody's owning, 
their own home, but everybody's right. got a nice car parked out in front of their apartment. You know, a lot of times that is just about trying to show the world that I'm worthy. And what you have to know is that you're a worthy, period. I don't care if you what kind of car you drive or if you don't have a car at all. It's really important for you to get clear that your worth is not tied up in what you do, in what you have, and how much money is in your bank account. And so even when you have those feelings, it's important that you don't act on them. Mm-hmm. And as you start to move forward and not act on them, eventually your feelings will catch up with your actions. Mm -hmm. So if instead of, you know, buying that purse that you can't afford or the car that you can't afford or trying to spend money to impress people who probably don't care anyway, if you say, you know, I'm not going to spend that money, and then time goes by and you realize, huh, I'm really all right with that. Mm-hmm. And you you begin to feel very um, you begin to feel more confident because you are proud of yourself for making healthy choices for you. Wow! And you just you must have been peeking in my window about what eight years ago, Miss Valerie, because that is the process I had to go through when mm-hmm. when I felt uh, that I was capable, of valuable, and worthy without the stuff. And then I really discovered my purpose, my passion and started operating in it and educating myself and understanding money, then that's when the emotional spending uh, greatly decreased. Mm -hmm. And I know Coach is upset, but I am happy. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, Tanya, you also, you know, you hit on something. As you said, I got clear about my purpose. We get clear about our purpose. We tend to get clear about our vision, which gives us goals. And one of the best things you can do, to curb your spending is to have some very concrete goals. Right. If you know that your goal, for example, is accumulating, you know, you're, you don't have any reserves now, you're going to accumulate three months of living expenses. If you know that's your goal, then you know there's a certain amount of money you've got to put away every month, which means there's only a certain amount left over <laughs> for spending. <Right. laughs> but if you have no goals, then when you're spending, you don't even, you're not thinking, oh, my goodness, I need to be putting this away for X or, you know, this away for Y. You're just spending because you have no goal. Without a vision, the people perish. You need to have a vision for your money and where it's going so you can direct your money and stop letting your money just slip right out of your wallet. Mm. Wow. If you just joined Real Talk with Tanya White, Miss Valerie Burton, great wise tips about emotional spending. Uh, so if you have a question, call 347-215-6446. We got great activity in the chat, Miss Valerie. Somebody said it's show-offism. I like that in terms. <laughs> <laughs> show-offism. Quit the it show-offism is. with the emotional spending. <laughs> Shirley, do you have uh, any more questions? I have a couple more. Yes. Now, you have a new uh, seven this CD series out, uh, Successful uh-huh. People Think Differently. Yes. Tell us a little bit more about that and how we can get it. Well, Successful People Think Differently um, actually comes out on Monday, so we've got a great deal on the pre-orders of about 33% off. But, you know, I went back to graduate school a couple years ago at University of Pennsylvania and got a master's in applied positive psychology. and. Wow. Traditional psychology tends to focus on alleviating problems, um, which is very important. 
Um, but positive psychology tends to focus on what's right with people. How can you be happier and more resilient? How can you tap into your strengths and identify what your strengths are? So successful people think differently takes a lot of what is known from, I mean, this is concrete knowledge from research about how successful people think differently. What is it that they do differently? How is it that they become um, happier? And in many instances, you know, we think we know what's going to make us happy, but the research shows that we are really poor predictors of what will make us happy. And that's kind of part of what we're talking about today when it comes to the emotional spending. You know, we think that the things are going to make us happier, but over time um, we basically get on this treadmill that causes us to, um, you know, we're happy at first, (laughs) we're excited, and then that new car smell wears off. And we go right back generally to our same set point of happiness. So it's a positive psychology coaching program. It takes you through seven sessions. It's part teleclass and part me coaching you along. Um, you get a journal which, or journaling questions, which actually give you um, coaching questions, and I give you time on the audio version of the program um, to answer those questions. So it's, um, it's a really powerful program. The people that went through the teleclass greatly enjoyed it, and I was just excited to get to turn it into um, an actual product for people to use as a self-study coaching program. Wow. And so successful people do think differently about money, correctly? Because they're uh-huh. successful. Give us one way they think differently about money. Well, for one, and I just mentioned the, the, the power of goals, yes. but one of the things that successful people do is they don't just set goals, but they have a method for how they reach those goals, mm-hmm. um, how they deal with the setbacks along the way. They actually expect setbacks. They don't expect that they're going to go from point A to point B in a straight line, and so they're prepared for that, and they know how to use those setbacks in order to get to their destination, sometimes more quickly, sometimes with a little more wisdom under their belt. Um, but that a lot of the goal-setting um, research I share in Successful People Think Differently And I think that is really, really critical when it comes to your money. Sit Mm. down, know what it is that you spend, write it all out, or if if you prefer an Excel spreadsheet, (laughs) use an Excel spreadsheet, and get clear about where all of your money is going, and then you can get a lot clearer about what your options are and what you're actually able to do. And from there, you can start dreaming about what you want to do. Um, Mm -hmm. with your money as you get out of debt and start using it, hopefully, to enrich your relationships and create more experiences as opposed to accumulating more stuff. Miss Valerie, if I was in church, I would give you a big amen. (laughs) You said don't just have a goal but have a method on how to get there and also expect, you know, those difficulties, those snitches in your plan. Yeah. And plan for that. I call it contingency plan. You need to yeah. plan for what if A doesn't happen. I'll go to B. What if B doesn't work? You'll go to C. But People get discouraged way too easily, Tanya. Yes, yes. yes. And, and it's primarily goes back to that I word you said, insecurity, because when you take out other people out of your equation, I'm not trying to prove myself. I'm really trying to live my purpose and my passion. Then everybody's other expectations and, uh, you know, sayings about you, they won't, you know, be so pivotal in your life. They may sting for a minute, but they won't paralyze you. <laughs> that's right. And, you know, anything that that is that smells of comparison is going to be bad for your happiness level. It's not going to be good for your money habits. 
Oh, um, my goodness. I have to yeah. say that again, Miss Vaughn. i got to write that down. <laughs> yeah, comparison is not good for your happiness mm-hmm. or for your money habits. And um, there's actually, there are actually some studies that show that people, if given the choice between making $50,000 a year in a community where the average income is 25000 or making $100,000 a year in a community where the average income is 200000 mm. the vast majority of people would choose to make less money. Mm-hmm. Uh, people yeah. like to feel that they are ahead, and if they feel like they're behind – even if they're making a lot more money, they're not going to be happy. So we are very influenced by who we are around. And you can say it doesn't really matter, but that whole keeping up with the Joneses thing is real. And if you feel like you can't keep up with the Joneses, it's, it's not that you can't control your spending or your desire to, you know, to prove yourself, but you're going to feel a lot more pressure to do so. Mm-hmm. Man, that's a big amen, too. And, and and when when you when people you ask people well how much what would be your dream salary I want to make this much and then you say well, okay what do you want to make it for we don't have a plan for when even when we get raises when That's we right. get promoted we have to have that plan we have to think differently you got to think differently think bigger <laughs> you know what would you need to do to double your income or triple your income it's possible it is possible but then what are you going to do with it are you just going to spend it away. Are you going? Do you have a plan for your money, Valerie? This is so enriching. I'm gonna have to go back through the archives and really take my notes. Um, this has <laughs> been so fulfilling for me. Shirley, you have one more quick question. Our time is gone, Miss Valerie. Oh, I could have you on. Oh, I just wanted Valerie to, if she can give us maybe two quick steps that we can do once we get real with ourselves and realize that we do emotional spin. How what is the first thing that a person can do to start changing the cycle? Okay. I'm going to tell you a couple things, and I will also uh, recommend that you visit the blog because I've got seven specific steps to stop emotional spending that's on the blog. So if you go to Essence.com or just go to ValerieBurton.com, and you'll see Life Coach 911 at the bottom of ValerieBurton.com. Just click on that. That's the name of the blog, Life Coach 911. But I would say um, – First, you know, besides just deciding, look, I've got to stop my spending, you've got to find your why. And your why is your purpose because especially if you've dug into debt, it may take you several years um, to get out of it. And so you've got to persevere. And if you're not clear about why you're doing this, you're probably not likely to stick with it. So, you know, are you doing it because you want to regain your self-respect? Um, you know, you value you for, you know, who you are and not what you have, and so you want to be able to show yourself that you can do that. Is it simply that you want to take control of your life so, you know what, one day you can retire? Know what your purpose is. I think, too, you've got to shift your values, and you have to recognize you're not what you make, you're not what you do, you're not what you wear, you're not what you drive. You have to stop confusing your image with you. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you stop caring what everybody else thinks, or at least you stop taking actions that are based on what everybody else thinks. And then third, and again, all of these are emotional. Third, you've got to you've got to have some courage. Change takes courage. So you know, if you've been just spending like crazy, it's really easier to keep doing what you've been doing 
than it is to stop. So you're going to have to muster up some courage to stop hiding behind your spending and to start appreciating yourself and to have the courage to actually live below your means. But the last thing I would say, I mean, some of the things are obvious, you know, increase your income, stop spending so much, and and make a decision to pay it off. But the last thing that I think is really important is you have got to tell somebody about your emotional spending problem. When I answered this woman's question on the blog about um, about her emotional spending, she said she felt like a fraud. And if you feel like a fraud because you look successful because of all the money or rather all the credit card debt you've gotten into um, or, or big loans on whatever, cars, mortgages, to look a certain way, then there's probably a certain amount of shame. Because if you, you feel like you're hiding, you feel like you're, you know, you're putting on airs or showing off as a show-offism that the, <laughs> that the, that the person mm-hmm. mentioned. Yeah. And so you break the bondage of shame by telling someone about it. Secrets are strongholds. When you make it no longer a secret, it is not a stronghold. And so you've got to tell somebody, tell somebody that you trust, ask them to hold you accountable. And it is so freeing. And I remember when I was in credit card debt, and I finally told one of my girlfriends, and she, you know, she said, oh, Valerie, I'm so sorry. I can tell that really, really bothers you. It was like a weight on my back. But when I told her, I suddenly realized, you know, a lot of people have debt. A lot of people have done what I've done. Now I've just got to move forward and do what I have to do to get out of debt, and you can do it, but you've got to start by not making it something that you're hiding. Once you're not hiding anymore, then you're accountable, then you're free to be able to move forward. You realize you don't really have anything to hide. What you really need to do is take control of the situation. Valerie, and once again, you've been so, so, I can't even say it. I'm trying to find a word, Valerie, because I have all my notes. Free, that's a good word. (laughs) You have freed so many people. Just tell us where we can go and contact you. You have so many. uh, Have a blog. You have uh, your own thing. Tell us how people can connect with you so they can continue to get this wealth of information that you shared with us tonight. Well, they should come out to my website. It's ValerieBurton.com. V a l o r i e b u r t o n dot com. And subscribe to my newsletter. Um, We changed the name of it. The newsletter is called The Coaching Session now, and it comes out every Monday. So I will share um, tips and strategies and inspiration with you week to week and always give you coaching questions to ask yourself and a simple challenge each week um, that you can move forward with as, as quote, unquote, your homework. You know, Tanya, coaching sessions always have homework. (laughs) homework. So ValerieBurton.com is where they can reach me. Valerie, you have been a joy, a joy. We love having you here at Real Talk. Uh, Continued success and happy holidays. Happy birthday, fellow Capricorn. (laughs) Oh, yes, fellow Capricorn. I want you to enjoy your Thanksgiving and remind your um, listeners that one of the best ways to feel rich is to be grateful and count your blessings because you have a lot more of them than you even imagine. Um, And I think it's really important for us to always Always do that. Thank you, Valerie. Love you. Love the new look, too. I meant to tell you that. Thank you. You like my natural hair? I didn't even know it did that. (laughs) (laughs) Looks fabulous. Thank you. (laughs) Well, Miss Valerie, we're going to follow up with you later, but nothing else. You've been great. Y'all have a great evening. Thanks so much for having me on. Thank you. Thanks, Valerie. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
Listen, if you just joined us, we just had a phenomenal first interview about emotional spending with Miss Valerie Burton. Briefly, Sherlyn, what what stung you from Valerie's insight? Oh my goodness. Um <laughs> where do I begin? I can say that besides emotional spending and uh trying to fit in, uh when she said secrets or strongholds. Oh, that I have that starred and circled so, you, and know, you know, we as uh African Americans we don't like to ask for help or seek help or admit that there is a problem with us, it's always a problem with others. So that was the key thing, that that's a stronghold, even if you feel the need to keep it a secret. Yes, and that is, that's, one, that's the one I was going to share. And that's why secrets, strongholds, secrets lead to so much other things, anger, lashing out, unhealthy relationships. That's why so many marriages are not healthy, and that's why we have the marriage coach on deck. We're going to take a brief break, Sherlyn, and then we're going to come back with Miss Jewel Powell, and she's going to give us tips for those married couples, engaged couples, single, she's going to give us tips for everybody. We'll be back in a few moments. I got 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one. If you have 99 problems, then one of these 99 males from hell just might be the culprit. This new release from renowned author Tanya White is not male bashing, but is about building healthy, drama-free relationships between men and women everywhere. This must-have informative guide helps women to identify the signs of men who are physically aggressive, sexually abusive, and emotionally obsessive. It will help them to protect themselves from men who bring mediocrity, mental breakdown, and melodrama. And it will also remind them to celebrate the nine men who are special K and make life okay, and helps women to recognize the power of their femininity in order to help difficult males become dynamic men. Pick up your copy today at www.tanyawhite.com or www.amazon.com, and ladies, pick up another copy for a friend. Guaranteed she'll thank you. All right, we're back. I think I guess the switchboard is taking a little time. Welcome back to Real Talk with Tanya White, and we are talking about emotional spending today. And we just had a phenomenal interview with Miss Valerie Burton, and we're set to have the marriage coach on. We have a sensational co-host tonight, Miss Sherlyn Vaughn, and Miss Sherlyn. All right, we're going to bring the marriage coach on, Ms. Jewel Powell. Her book, Marriage 101, is revolutionizing healthy marriages, building healthy marriages through faith and through just, like Valerie said, being intentional about having those healthy relationships. We're going to bring her on because she has a lot to share with us. Welcome for the first time, but not the last, I hope, Ms. Jewel Powell. Hello, Ms. Jewel. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Tanya? I am fantastic today. Sorry, we're running a little bit behind, but we're going to give you your time. I have a co-host tonight, Ms. Sherlyn, and we're going to share uh, with answering, asking you some questions. But before we get started, Ms. Jewel, can you tell us who you are in your own words? Sure. My name is Jewel Powell. I'm the marriage coach, known as the marriage coach, and I have a book, Marriage 101, Building a Life Together by Faith. Wow. I visited your website. Can you give that information out? Because it is so fantastic. Thank you. It's www.marriage101.us. .us. And go there now. She has a line of products for uh, married couples, uh, even engaged couples in my opinion, uh, to help them have whole healthy marriages. Now, Miss Jewel, 
you have a fantastic explanation on your website uh, about marriage on the homepage. Can you share with us what uh, you say about healthy marriages are not fairy tales? What do you mean by that? Well, basically, we understand that fairy tale, and and most of us grew up on the fairy tale, especially um, young women. We grew up on the fairy tale stories, and we even have the fairy tale weddings. Yes. But marriage is not a fairy tale, and so we have to remember that those fairy tale um, stories and even the movies and the books that we read are not truth. They are fake. They are fictional. They they have make believe characters, and it's a make believe story. But faith is truth, it's real, and it's the only, and if you apply it, it will become um, so much more in your life that you will have a happily ever after. So you can't have a happy after, ever after, but it's by faith. By faith, not fairy tale. I love, when I read that, I said, that's it right there. That is it. Go ahead, Ms. Shirley, ask Drew a question. And although I have not formally introduced myself to Jewel, Jewel is one of my Facebook friends. So I have visited her website. Uh, But, Jewel, I wanted to, um, for you to share with us, what should couples do to be more proactive in uh, with their money instead of retroactive? Well, that's a good question because that's what I, you know, try to do as far as marriages. They fall apart so quickly, and most of the time we're reactive versus proactive. So we want to be proactive in our marriages. And being proactive means being strategic. And oh, so, Miss Jewel, you just said my word. That is my word, word. strategic. Strategic. It has to be strategic because even the word of God says, can two walk together unless they agree? Mm-hmm. And so you and your spouse have to be strategic about how you're spending your money and how you want to conduct your family. And so for me and my husband, we treat our marriage um, in most aspects and even our finances as a business. We have monthly meetings. We have a in January every year we have a meeting to plan out our vacations, our major purchases, and every month we see if we're on target, if we've gone over, because we're strategic about how we want to spend our money because we're trying to get somewhere. We're trying to leave, you know, some money for our children's children. And so you have to be strategic about what you do. Oh, you just said my wow. buzzword. You have excited <laughs> me so. that. <laughs> she just said a mouthful right there because, and one of the key things, and I know some audience members is like, What? Uh, when you said that you treat your finances as a business and you and your husband have monthly meetings because for the most part, many of us, we don't talk about finances, not even with those of us that we're married to. He got his fund and she got her fund. And we say, well, baby, we going to Disney World in June. You know, we don't even collaborate or come together and plan. We tell one another what we're going to do or what we're planning on doing, and he or she just need to jump on board. So can you tell us the uh, importance of having the meetings and just actually having open communication and dialogue as couples even before the marriage about finances? Oh, absolutely. And communication is key, period. It's the foundation of having a great marriage. And sometimes I think we're afraid of the arguments or the disagreements that may come 
um, when we sit down and communicate with one another. With one another, but if you don't talk about the hard issues and the hard challenges that you're having, eventually you're going to be destroyed. Mm. And so for my husband and I, we literally, we, we've come a long way. We've been together for 17 years now. But trust me, the first couple of years, um, you know, we probably still argue a little bit over money now, but we really argued over money because I was the spender, he was the savior, saver. And so it was, you know, I used to hear all the time, my money, your money, and, and to me it was our money. But I understand now that why he was doing that, because if I'm spending everything, then he wanted to have a separate account because he grew up poor. He's trying to get somewhere. He's like, you're not going to spend me, you know, where I remain poor. And so we just had to get on the same page. And one of the things was having these meetings. And we we get down to the point where even in January when we're saying we're doing um, major purchases, we get down to the point of how much are we going to spend for that. And I'm telling you now, that brother has me to do an Excel spreadsheet, and it has, you know, we said $3,000 for this. He makes sure I have all my receipts and that I do not go above that $3,000. So, I mean, we're, again, being very strategic and planning and budgeting. You know, those things are not, you know, words that <laughs> that are just against everything. Those are words that we should um, embrace. Yeah, that's now, you said the B word. That's a cuss word in some in some It, it is a cuss. You know, know it was. I bet not live by no budget. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? That was me though. I said the same thing. It was like budget? Are you kidding me? But I'm grown. <laughs> I'm grown. I make my own money. I have a right to spend it the way I want to. I did all of that. But when I did that. We were so divided, and we had so many problems. And when I got on board and we got into agreement right. about how we were going to handle our money, we are so much further ahead that it's just crazy to me how financially sound we are. And so even, you know, to the, the point where we made um, some decisions on, you know, having one, both of us just having one spending credit card, you know, and, and and having a limit to that, you know, was key to us having success um, in our finances. Now, Miss Jewel, you said something that was so key. Uh, you made an illustration too. You you thought one way about finances and money, and your husband thought another. And primarily, uh, it was based on how you grew up, because you said he grew up poor. Do you think right. men and women have uh, just basic fundamental differences when it comes to uh, the way we spend money. And also about that, do you have, as a couple, what is your turning point of really looking within first and then healing the inward and then you can come together as a couple? I know it was a lot, but. <laughs> well, I don't think that um, men and women have different financial philosophies. Okay. I think we have different spending habits. Okay. Um, and the way we handle because if I grew up poor, I would probably think differently as well as he did. So I, I, I think it's how we spend money. Mm -hmm. uh, women probably spend more on clothes and shoes, and, you know, and household stuff where the man may spend more on technical um, yes. toys and cars, et cetera. So um, I think that's the difference. But, again, I think one way that couples can create unity um, in their marriage is just having some boundaries 
um, and again, coming up with um, some things that they can agree on. For example, like I said earlier, we agree to have one credit card per person as far as being able to spend your money, and we have a balance that you do not go over this amount. And so that helped us a lot. And then we also, um, you know, for some people, just saying if you buy anything over $300, to sit down and talk about, well, why are you purchasing that, you know, and it could be your limit could be 200 it could be 500 whatever it is, but having some type of limit that you all can sit down and discuss, well, why are you going to buy this purchase and is it necessary to buy it now? And one of the things that I will um, say that we had a big argument when we first got married because we had agreed to him buying a small pickup truck, which was what? A used pickup truck, which was like 15000 and he ended up buying some $40,000 truck. Brand new, and you know that caused some. I'm like, are you sleeping in that thing? You know, are you serious? <laughs> are you crazy? That's not what we agreed to. So you have to make sure that couples, you know, do what they say, say what they're gonna do, and then do what they're gonna say, um, so that you can have peace in your relationship too. Well, it goes back to like you said, men they do spend money on their cars, the trinkets, the electronics, and they they see no women. <laughs> But when it comes to us, when I spend, everything is, everything we have to have a budget. So it's just so, sometimes it's so hilarious sometimes on we can be doing the same thing, spending the same, have the same type of spending, but it's just different outlets that we spend it on. Uh-huh. Uh, exactly. So I can, I can, I can really envision your face right now when you, when you wrote up with the new forty thousand dollars. I was like, does it have a kitchen and a bathroom in that thing? You know, forty thousand dollars. Wow, wow! If you just enjoy real talk with Tanya White, we're talking to Miss Jewel Powell, author of Marriage One Hundred and One, and she's talking about money and marriage. Sherlyn, go ahead and ask Miss Jewel another question. Okay, Miss Jewel, you know how we're in a recession. Um, for most people, we're in a recession. And there are many times where the husband has lost their job or have been laid off temporarily where the woman or the wife is still uh, currently working and bringing in most of the money, most of the income. What can couples do? Because I know that in many homes, if there's not open, effective communication around money, this can be an issue for the men because we're taught that men are supposed to be the breadwinners. So what can couples do to kind of work through this? That's a good question. Um, And I'm going to say basically that it's seasonal. Mm -hmm. You know, this thing, I remember my mother said that they had the same problems when they, you know, when she was coming up. You know, you're going to have your ups and downs in finances and sex and intimacy and any area of your life. And so you just have to realize that this thing is seasonal. So you're supposed to support one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and maybe, you know, you're going to have to change your roles. You know, the roles may have to shift. Um, for me and my husband, right now our roles have shifted. You know, and so not that I'm going out making more money than he is, but I'm going out and I'm speaking more and I'm away from the home more. So he has to now pick up the girls, help them with their homework, take them to go get their hair done or whatever. And so we are in, you know, a different generation, a different era in our time that the roles have changed and we have to start going with the flow. And we have to realize, too, that it's not about, 
him or her, you're, you're a team. And so team requires teamwork. Mm. Team requires teamwork. means all parties of the team must be working at something, yeah. helping the relationship be healthy. Wow. That is, that, and it's so it's so relevant right now because when it comes to money, that's what most uh, couples tend to be divided about. They say that most divorces end because of money issues, uh, but it really stems from commu- that lack of communicating about money, about yeah. certain things, uh, and being open. How how does a couple who find finds themselves always uh, in fights about money, who's spending what, and they don't really have a plan? How can they step back and realize that it's more, it's deeper than that. What would you, what advice would you give them? Um, again, I think that couples are going to have to sit down and and deal with the issues at hand. Okay. And, for example, even with sex and intimacy, um, you know, my husband, for example, wasn't getting fulfilled in a certain area, you know, having it as many times he wanted a week and I'm okay, you know, and you can't not be afraid to talk to your spouse about what's going on because in order for anything to change, for your circumstances to change, you got to talk about the hard issues. And so those are the kind of couples that their marriages are going to thrive because regardless of how I feel, if we're going to argue about it or whatever, we've got to deal with this issue. And so I, I thank God that my husband, and, and I'm the same too now, that we can come to each other and say, you know what, i got an issue, and let's sit down and let's talk about it. And so that we can come on the same page, and I think, and be on one accord. And couples are just going to have to do that. You're going to have to bite the bullet and say, we have these issues. We need to talk about it <laughs> in order to resolve it. That's right. the only way you're going to resolve it. Yeah, and, and, and when you talk about it, it's not that, you know, anybody's pointing the blame, but I know when it comes to conflict, dealing and correcting conflict, a lot of people avoid it. They're conflict avoiders. Yeah. Um, and it stems from, okay, if I told this person, you know, maybe they will reject me or something else is going to happen. But the best thing you can do is just put it all on the table. Like we said, you got to deal. You got to deal with it because if you don't deal with it, it's going to deal with you. And right. You just need yep. to control that and be, as Miss Jewel says, strategic. Love the word about correcting your conflict. Uh, if you just join us, we're talking Miss Jewel Powell, author of Marriage One Hundred and One. If you have any questions, please call three four seven two one five six four four six. Press the number one so that we will know that you have a question. Now, Miss Jewel, um, you have your products are primarily for marriage, but would you recommend it to uh, singles who are uh, engaged uh, couples? Would you recommend your products for that? Oh, absolutely, um, especially Marriage 101. Marriage 101 will help the single person, the, uh, the person that's engaged, to really look at themselves to see if they're ready for marriage. And so that product, absolutely. But you have the other, the mini-series that I have, Sex and Intimacy, Communication, Finance, and Parenting. Those are the four issues that most marriages go through. Mm -hmm. And so you don't even have to be married. You can have those issues without being married. So um, those products will be good for them as well. And then I have a premarital um, marriage uh, curriculum that they um, could get a lot of too. Oh, wow. 
Now, in, in I saw on your website that you have one specifically for finances. In the, does that entail what uh, budgeting, having those worksheets out, and do you like do mm-hmm. practical applications in that book? Absolutely, money is, is a big thing that we shy away from as uh, as people because uh, I don't know why. I don't know why, yeah. but being that strategic, yeah. planning out your spending habits, do you have tools in that book to help? Well, they're not in the book, but they will direct you to my website where you can get those tools. Um, basically, it's a, a mini-series, and it's just helping. I, I believe that we are supposed to help the next generation. We're not supposed for blacks, African Americans, I have a hard time where every generation has to start all over. Mm, so you say that again, Miss And so for me, we have to be strategic mm-hmm. about making sure that we leave an inheritance for our children. And so in doing that is, one, teaching them about finance at an early age. It's also about us getting our finances in order. It's also about us making sure that we have insurance so that when we pass, we don't leave bills and everything else onto our children to have to pay for, and that there's money left over that they can do whatever they need to do um, to survive. And that's my heart. That's that's where I am with my finance book. It's just, you know, yeah, we're saying right now, oh, we can't afford insurance as high as I don't know what. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and most of us probably can't even afford it. But sometimes you're going to just have to bite the bullet and you're going to have to plan for it, and you're going to have to stop buying that, you know, um, uh, what is it, caramel macchiato, you know, or that Starbucks coffee so that your children can have something in life. So they can own a franchise of Starbucks themselves. Something, something. We, every generation. another dirty word, insurance. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I, I gotta stop cursing. I'm sorry. Yeah, insurance. We don't we don't want to think about life insurance because we're not going to benefit from it. It's for the next generation. Oh my goodness, and we're so and isn't that selfish? Isn't it's that very selfish, selfish to put your your children in that predicament? And that's why you have, you know, the Kennedys and all these other people because they keep the money flowing. Mm-hmm. And that's why even though I'm going to leave something for my children, I've got to teach them how to make that money and keep it flowing and keep it flowing that they don't just spend up everything I give them once they get it. So that's why you have to teach your children now in the way that they should go and train them up how to be um, financially fiscal, you know, have some fiscal responsibility. The greatest thing, uh, subject that was taught in school to me was the Junior Achievement Club. Junior Achievement taught us how to start a business, how to run a business, how to mm-hmm. uh, deal with the financials part of it. I lo- I didn't understand why I loved that uh, club so much, but now I do because it's really, I'm, I'm using those tools that I learned when I was 11, 12 years old and just watching my parents uh, who were strategic, they left uh, insurance and inheritance. So uh, when they died, both, you know, the children we could have, you know, for our next generation. So it's very critical. Uh, And it puts the family at ease to not have to worry about bills when you are strategic and plan for when you're not here. My dad always said, I'm I'm teaching you these things because I'm not always going to be with you always. And we have to understand that we're not going to always be here. Ms. Joy, you have been a joy 
uh, I have got to, I'm going to have to rewind this one too and listen to some more. But tell us about some more projects you have coming up, events that you have made surrounding Marriage 101. Yes. Well, next year is going to be a lot going on. Um, going out there strong, doing Marriage 101 seminars, doing speaking engagements. We have in January um, 30 Days to a Better Marriage. And so for the 30 days, we're just going to um, do an online where every day I'm going to send you something that's going to empower and encourage you, but it's also going to challenge you. There's a challenge to go along with it. And at the end, it's going to be weekly tele-seminars. Um, and then at the very end of the 30 days, we'll have a celebration dinner um, where uh, my husband and I will meet with anybody who wants to come that's uh, participated in the 30-day um, celebration. And just, you know, seminars and speaking engagements, et cetera. Now, and I want, before, because I want you to really uh, tell people why it is important that this is not spending, but it's investing when they purchase your product or, you know, connect with you on that. Because we see, oh, I can afford this, I can, but it's not a spending. Uh, for self-improvement, self-enlightenment, it's an investment. Can you explain Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Yes, and that's, that is key, and I'm glad you said that because, you know, we spend money on everything else. You know, we can go to the mall and buy suits and shoes and pocketbooks, and they don't do anything. And that's, and that's where we have to go. Let's, let's talk about this real quick okay. because we have to renew our minds. Mm-hmm. And renewing our minds is also how we're spending money on cars and clothes that don't even have any value. Mm-hmm. That's not even bringing anything into the household versus investing in, you know, condos and a house or, or something that's going to bring you a return on your investment. And so, you know, you have to just renew your mind to know that buying those things, you know, that's great to buy them every now and then. I like going shopping too, you know. Mm-hmm. But investing in your marriage, investing in your family mm-hmm. over buying a pair of shoes, I mean, what? But you right. you spend you spend money on what is important to you. Mm-hmm. So you'll know, look at just look in your closet, you know, and and look at the thousands of shoes you had. There's your investment. That's where you 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 care more about that. And look at your family. Is your family toe up? Mm-hmm. Is your family is is the house in order? Toe up. I love you, Mister. Is your house in order? Is your house in order? So you know, I I have the products. The, the reason why we even why I do this, why I even have products, is so that the the knowledge and the wisdom that the Lord has given me, mm-hmm. instead of you having to search the scriptures out for yourself and and all those things. I give it all to you right there. And if you apply them to your life, it will change. Your life will change. Your marriage will be better. Your finances will be better. Your sex and intimate relationship with your spouse will be better. So wow. that's why we do what we do. Miss Jewel, you're so real. I love it. I love having you on this show. And I'm going to try to get you back for our Relationships Month in February. Oh, absolutely. Anytime, anytime, Tanya. Talk more about this. Ms. Sherlyn, do you have last question or comments for Ms. Jewel? Oh, no, I call oh you. she is keeping it real, Tanya. Yes, she is. Uh, <laughs> but one of the things that she said, you know, getting your house in order. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, even for those, um, I want her to expound a little bit on um, I've married been divorced, 
And one of the issues as I look back over my relationships was, of course, money because I come from what I see I buy, you know, because we live in that microwave age where we want our Mm -hmm. things right now. So do you have any advice for singles or women who are, I guess couples rather, that are engaged or about the money mindset? Uh, Because it's more so money is an energy all of us on. So can you tell us what we can do to prepare, better prepare ourselves to be a help meet to our husbands or our wives as far as getting our mindset mentally prepared around money and understanding the fullness of what money is. That's good. Um, Yes, I remember when Lewis and I got married, and this is what really switched our mindset, that um, the person that was um, preparing us for marriage said, I need you all to do a separate sheet. And I and I do have that sheet. If anybody wants it, they can um, email me at joarpowell at gmail dot com. And we put all of our bills separately on each sheet. So he had a sheet, I had a sheet. And then the pastor said, "I want you to combine them together." And so when we put it together, that will determine if you're in the red or if you're in the black. And if you were in the red, if you were in debt, he was not going to marry you because he believed that you should go into a marriage without being in debt. And I agree with that because you're already going to have enough problems. You're already going to have enough problems as it is in your marriage. You don't need to start out in debt because that's a problem. You're already starting out in a problem. And so for us, luckily, because we had parents, too, that was very – um, strategic about making sure that we knew how to handle our finances. We were in the black, mm-hmm. but we also wanted to say, when we said I do, when we stood up there, we wanted to know everything was paid for. So whatever we could not afford, <laughs> you know, we didn't do it. And we got, when we said I do, the wedding was paid and we were not in debt. And I think wow. you just have to have that mindset. And then for single people, get your credit right. Mm-hmm. Credit is everything. And nowadays, even more, so you can't even get insurance now without having credit. Mm-hmm. So get your credit, get your credit um, together, pay down your debt, um, and just, you know, have each person to talk about their philosophies. Are you a spender? Because it's okay if you have one that's a spender and one that's not. You know, you'll, you have, it's, you're going to have couples who have, are balanced each other out. So for Lewis and I, my strongest point, and that's what I – I'm trying to get to is that each person has their own strengths and weaknesses, and you want to make sure that each person who is strongest in the area handles that area. So for me, I was strongest in paying my bills on time, investing, and reading financial books, whereas I wasn't good with budgeting and saving, but Lewis was, so he handled that part. And when you have where he's strong and I'm weak, et cetera, then we become whole in that area. Wow. So making sure that you're not talking about one another but looking at each other's strengths and weaknesses and, and, and focusing on let the, that strongest person focus on that area and bottom line, and then you have a strong unit. Mm, mm, mm. Miss Jewel, you have um, – go right now to marriage101.us. Get everything Miss Jewel has because, listen, you need it, especially if you're arguing every single day in every way about money in your marriage, go to Miss Jewel's website right now. Invest in your marriage, invest in yourself so that you can have the faith-filled marriage instead of the fairy tale marriage. Miss Jewel, man, you have expanded my mind 
dealing with money and marriage. Thank you so much for taking time out your busy schedule. Thank you for having me, Tanya. And I'll come back anytime. This was fun. Okay, listen, we're going to send you a request for our relationship uh, theme in February. So uh, we will be planning that in December. So look for us, and we would love to have you back for a longer period of time. But if nothing else, you have a fabulous weekend, and we will follow up with you later tonight. All right. God bless. Thank God you bless. all. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, Sherlyn, that this show so in I'm having to listen to the archive of this one maybe about five or six times. Oh, yeah. I'm going to take notes. <laughs> take notes. We are down to almost five minutes. Sherlyn, I want you to briefly tell us one thing that Ms. Jewel said uh, that really, you know, stung you and stuck with you. Oh, one thing, one thing, what could I possibly, well, you know what really hit home with me and I thought, you know, man, that's what I need to do even though I'm not married at this time, I need to start preparing and it really hit me when she said that her and her husband, they have business meetings Mm -hmm. concerning their finances and they get the, (laughs) she said they get the spreadsheet and all that good stuff and I was like, wow, because not only are we husband and wife and we're one, but we're also a team. Yes. And this you never know. So I, and I hear so many times, and I've experienced where the husband who was the head of the finances died, God forbid, and the wife was like, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know where to begin. And so that really stuck to um, hit home with me, and that if you're in the red, before you get married, it's no need in going into marriage and that. Did, did, I know her, did she say her pastor did, is not going? See, we need more yeah, pastors like that. We need more pastors like that because I know people who are still paying for the wedding and the divorces, they already got a divorce. Oh, my goodness. She <laughs> said put it on her pastor made it. See, that's, that, that's what I'm talking about. That is what I'm talking about. Real, relevant, and refreshing people in your life. You've got to have those things. Uh, and I think that's why our society is so broken because, for lack of a better term, we, we're hiding behind the mask and not unveiling them. Um, and we need to do that. We need to do that uh, and get real about our life, about our relationships, so that we can, like Miss Jewel said, leave an inheritance for the next generation. Because, like, mm-hmm. the, the Jewish people do it, the Italians do it, Asians do it. Why is we as African Americans are still lagging behind? I love what she said too. That that stuck with me. We have to start all over in every generation, uh, and that, that should so not key. be. That was so key. And you yeah. know, like she said, uh, I don't know if she said it, but like you just said, all the other ethnicities uh, have conversations. But when it comes to us as African Americans, it's like shh. Yeah, I, <laughs> you know, I, you know, Peter. They don't even tell you. We don't even talk about our pay salary. I know some husbands and wives that don't know how much the other one makes a year. Yeah, to me. Yeah, and and it goes back to what Miss Jewel's fundamental thing is that marriage is not a fairy tale. Sometimes we don't deal with the truth, you guys, because you know the truth is going to tell us, hey, you shouldn't be doing this, or hey. uh, this is going to end badly. So we avoid those things. And as African American, I keep saying African Americans because we are still lagging behind with so much opportunity uh, that we have today. So many people who have paved the way or are in positions right now 
that we should be thriving in every single area uh, in our lives, but we're not. And it's still because right. we revert back to what is comfortable, what feels good temporarily, uh, instead of doing that hard work, as Valerie said, facing the truth. Make it, I love what Valerie said, too. She said, you, if you want to change, you got to make it so difficult for yourself that you can't go back, something like that. Yeah. If you're serious about making change, you have to make it really difficult for yourself. And so mm-hmm. make those changes. You all, you don't have to wait to January 1st, 2010. You can start right now getting, I loved you. She's in my head. Strategic. I've been saying that for 10 years. Strategic. People ask me all the time, Tanya, how you do what you do? What's going? I'm strategic. I know what my life is going to be like or what I want it to be like three to five years out. Like right now I have my map planned out for 2013. I know exactly what I'm supposed to do. So you have to get strategic. It's going to call you just carving out your life, recarving out your life, recarving out your social, social group, what you do, uh, your idle time. You're going to have to rethink that thing if you really want to succeed. Sherlyn, this show, I love I love Rosalind you White. We have so many great guests who get keep it real. Keep it real. Yeah. Sherlyn, give out your information. We're going to do our Are You Serious moment. You're not going to believe what email I just got. So just give out your con- con- contact information for our audience. You and then I want to say. Contact me at my website at www.unveilingthemaskmask.com. I'm also on Facebook at facebook.com, Sherlyn Vaughn, C-H-E-R-I-L-Y-N-V-O-N-N, or you can contact my office at area code 323-580-4604. And you can visit TanyaWhite.com at TanyaWhite, T-A-N-Y-A, White is in the color dot com. Sign up for Tanya's tips. Uh, invest in healthy relationships by purchasing one or all of my three books, How to Deal with a Difficult Woman, Relationship Reruns, and The 99 Males Who Make Your Life a Living Hell. We have some great teleseminars coming up in December for just $10, you guys. And we have coaching sessions for 2010. My passion for 2010 is to not only position you to win, but to empower you and equip you to be determined to win because the map has been laid. We're we're just living in no more excuse time right now. So you can't make excuses for anything. So I'm taking the excuses out of uh, out of your life. It's going to be economical, it's going to be flexible for your schedule and just you have to seize the moment right now. If you don't seize the moment, you you may not get an opportunity to uh get what you need. And so uh Emotional spending, marriage money fights, give it up, turn it loose. Now, Sherlyn, I know we're doing this backwards, but I have to do this Are You Serious moment before we go uh, because this is going to blow everybody. Are you serious? Are you serious? <laughs> oh, my goodness. First of all, it's it's, up. it's official, you guys. Oprah is going to end her show 2011, September 9, 2011 will be the 25th and final season of the Oprah Winfrey show. Uh, so um, i got to have Emery say that again. Are you serious? Yes, Emery, I'm serious. It's up. She's made an announcement, sent out a press release. Oprah will be ending 2011 
September 9th. That will be the 25th season. Uh, and she deserves it. <laughs> she deserves to do yeah, something. She I don't know what I would do with, with I love Oprah, and many of my life-changing tools have come through Oprah. But I guess that just means that I have to be prepared to take that slot and do that Oprah. <laughs> be strategic. <laughs> we need to come out with the Sheryl and Vaughn show. I'm going to have to move that up a couple Listen, of years. <laughs> it's it's going to be wide open. Uh, but, yes, for 25 years she has, like, millions transformed this globe. And, of course, she's going to do other things. But, like you said, it goes back to seizing that moment, being strategic. Has she not been strategic over 25 years ago? Where would this world be? What would the girls in Africa be doing? What would millions of authors and readers do without the Oprah Book Club. Uh, so big ups to Lady O, as I call her. Uh, you deserve it. So that means, hey, Lady O, your people have to call me for the 2010 season. Okay. <laughs> I can be on the show. I can be on the show. Uh, yeah, so it is official, you guys. Oprah, the queen. She is the reigning queen and probably will forever be. She could be in a class all by herself, but she is ending the Oprah Winfrey show in 2011. Whew. Sad news, but we have, she's, at least she's preparing us, Sherilyn. She's giving us yeah. She's giving us almost 18 months, you know, <laughs> yeah. to get something together. So, Sherilyn, what do you have for unveiling the mask at the top of the year? Plug that, and then we're gonna we're gonna leave out of here. Real talk has. Uh, gone slightly over time, but we just had to get that out. Uh, at the beginning of the year, I'm going to be more hands-on. I get a lot of emails for coaching, assistance, author consultation, so mm-hmm. I'll be more hands-on opening up the doors for coaching 101, uh, coaching for uh, which you, I've never heard of this before, so I'm hoping that this is uh, one of its kind, coaching for women and teens who have been victimized by sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. So we will be taking that in our heart-to-heart coaching sessions and teleseminars, and I have an online community called Unveiling the Mask for women to come and not talk about how bad and devastating sexual abuse was, but to inspire and uplift others of how they were able to move on and forgive. So I am excited about 2010, the beginning. Oh, I'm excited about the whole year, but uh, my highly anticipated book will be coming out the first part of the year as well. Wow, Unveiling the Mass. I've been on you since 2007, but it's all in timing. Uh, Congratulations on that for your new vision, your show. Tanya White has got some major changes. Real Talk is going to do some major things in 2010. We're going to kick off January 7th our uh, anniversary show. We're going to be on the uh, air uh, a year, January 7th, and we're so excited. we got some big people coming in 2010. Y'all, but in December, y'all, we still have some, some people for you. Like I said, this Monday is going to be a special show because we're going to take a break next Thursday for Thanksgiving. We're going to give thanks. But Monday, Abraham McDonald is going to be on the Real Talk with Tanya White show. And, of course, I have already said, hey, you've got to sing a little ditty. You've got to. And so he's going to be on here uh, Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and that's going to be 6 p.m. Central Standard Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. It's going to be a hot show. Then in December, you guys, the stars are shining. 
We have Jeanette Jenkins, Hollywood trainer to the stars, going to come talk about her book. Y'all, we have T.T. from the game stopping by. Love T.T. if you watch the game on BET. He is Malik's assistant. Uh, we have some more hot people coming on. If you want to be a sponsor of the Real Talk with Tanya White show, this is a great show to invest your marketing dollars in. We use aggressive uh, marketing strategies, and we have great people coming, the biggest, the brightest, and the best stars, authors, motivational speakers, as you saw tonight. So uh, visit TanyaWhite.com or email us at RealTalk at Tanya White. You guys, give up all the emotional spending. Valerie Burton says something key. The root behind emotional spending is really insecurity. Once you get that under under control, know that you are worthy, you are valuable, you are capable of achieving anything, and take out, lose your your need to prove anything else, then you can grab that emotional spending by the horns and get control of it, y'all, because we're living in a time that we can't afford to live, spend, 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 uh, buy and uh, for our greed, and then we're struggling to get and pay for our needs. Time to get uh, control of that, especially for African Americans, y'all. We have jobs, we have opportunities. Now it's time for us to stop spending so frivolously, and so that we can leave, like Miss Jewel said, for the, an inheritance for the next generation. This show has been awesome. Thank you once again, Sherlyn. You have a happy Thank Thanksgiving. You. And I'm sure we're going to be emailing you again to co-host. You're a wonderful co-host. And we're going to talk about our Winning Women Who Want to Win conference in a couple of weeks that you are going to be a featured speaker. And we're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks. But thank you again, Sherlyn. Continue success. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. Listen, you guys, Sherlyn is awesome. If And I want to encourage you right now, if you have any struggles with uh sexual abuse, domestic violence. She is your person. She is your expert. Go to unveilingthemask.com. Charlene, what's your Facebook uh, information so they can hook up with uh, you? Facebook.com C-H-E-R-I-L-Y-N V-O-N-N Okay. And, and Facebook.com, Real Talk with Tanya White. Join us. Uh, add me as a friend and I will add you also. If nothing else, you have a happy Thanksgiving and we will see you Monday, November 3rd, for Abraham McDonald. It's going to be so awesome. Listen, we're going to close out with Involve. If nothing else, give it up, turn it loose. Give up that emotional spending, that addictive love, those frenemies and enemies, and get set to win in 2010. Talk to you later. Love you guys. Bye-bye.